You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You're listening to the Sports Scramble Podcast, where four friends serve up a weekly plate of sports with a side of SEC bias. Now, here are your hosts, Chet, Jacob, Wade, and Tyler. Welcome in, everybody, to another wonderful week of the Sports Scramble podcast brought to you by Belly Up Sports. And we have all four of us for the first time in, Woo! what, like four months? I think it's like February? It's a four for four. No, no, it's not four Wednesday. months. Maybe four weeks. Well, yeah, there we go. That's more accurate. Uh, I like that. He made a week one football pick. I know he did. He did. I heard this man predict Penn State to make the college football playoff, and then he ran away because he was scared of his pick. <laughs> okay, way going. Okay, way going all, all aggressive already. Oh no, but gosh. Penn State is is backing the talk, so he's he's back. And uh, yeah, welcome back, Jacob. Good to see you guys. Good to have you. It's good to yep. have you. Yeah, he wasn't sure about that Penn State pick. Uh, Tyler and I, and the three of us, should have just not been on the show because that LSU pick ain't looking right. Uh, we'll get to that. Hey, I did not pick LSU. I did, uh, as I do every year. <laughs> How are y'all? How was y'all's weekend, Tyler Wade? Butch, uh, you as you can see by the title, that's my weekend—a rough weekend for uh, Louisiana football. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that one was pretty bad. Uh, what about you, Freddie? You uh, you had a trip up to Oxford. Yeah, I got to take in the uh, the LSU and Ole Miss game. It was a hard fought battle. I'm sure we'll dive into it a little bit um, in depth here in a bit, but it was a fun atmosphere. I really do like seeing different college campuses around the South. I think um, I was telling some friends that this is what I really like about college football, you know, that, you know, g- going and seeing uh, the traditions of another team. And I, I hope that we don't lose that uh, feel whenever the conferences expand. I think the SEC is doing it right. I think we'll still have that atmosphere um, and the charm, you know, the band playing <laughs> teams coming down the hill. I, I like all that. So I'm hoping that we still have the pageantry behind it. I think it's going to be lost in the big 10 and the Pac-12 or the Pac-2, but uh, I think the SEC's got it right. It was a fun day of football regardless of the outcome, but yeah, rough weekend for LSU, rough weekend for the Saints, rough weekend for the Bengals. Not a lot of positives. uh, (laughs) What was the post-game vibes up there in Oxford? Were you able to get out of that stadium alive as they were all rushing the field after beating a a 
four and one, or three and one number 13 ranked team LSU. You know, it was probably was better that LSU lost players. for our sake because everybody was in a good mood. Had Chris Hilton caught that high point touchdown uh, to end the game, I think we would have gotten stuff thrown at us like they were throwing on the field. <laughs> so I'll take it. Um, honestly, I wasn't too upset myself about the outcome um, in the stadium. I, I mean, it was anybody's football game. It was a lot of back and forth action. Of course, I wanted LSU to win, uh, but it was still a good trip up there. And honestly, Ole Miss outplayed LSU for about 45 minutes of that game. There was a brief period in the third quarter where LSU kind of looked like they were going to take take the game and run with it. But I think that the offense got a little passive and then the defense began to let up again. And before you knew it, Ole Miss was back in the lead like they were most of the first half. Yeah, I wouldn't say began to let up again. They let up the whole entire uh, whole entire game. But yeah, that's true. Maybe they made a stop and then they like didn't make another stop the rest of the game. Yeah. Well, if you want to hear the full reaction video, you got to subscribe to our YouTube channel because Tyler and I got into it today. That video will be up probably tomorrow or Wednesday uh, over on the Sports Scramble YouTube as we rant and rave about who needs to be fired and go scorched earth. But uh, before we get into our full sports talk, we Jacob, we got to know what you've been up to. Where you've been leaving us, man? We we've missed you on on the podcast. You got another podcast in your life? Are you no, cheating on us, Jacob? No, no, only with me and Tyler's That's podcast. What? But um, <laughs> you know, but Gospel yeah, Ball Coast to Coast, catch it on the YouTube. Yeah, I uh, I've just been really busy. I, I've had a, a lot of golf in my life recently. Getting the golf Nothing game dialed in. Yeah, um, I like it. I like it. You know, coaching up the kids and everything. So. They uh, definitely are playing better golf. We're getting ready for for uh, our South State tournament in a couple weeks, and State coming up at the end of the month. So this is a big, busy month. It's been it's been a lot today. Had a tournament today during the day out at Wind Dance and uh, beautiful course. Greens are running like tabletops, and uh, yeah, I got a That's lot of strange want. looks today. Yeah, I I think the toughest part of my day today, uh, outside of like just being a really long day was watching one of my kids five putt from 10 feet. Um, so, so it's just like, (laughs) it's just one of those things where I was was like, I gotta leave. I gotta, I I just gotta go to a different hole because I'm going to catch some kind of bad juju. Is there anything worse on a golf course? Five putting? I mean, three putting is (sighs) five. I feel like five out of bounds off the driver would be worse. That's a good one. Uh, but one. by the time you get to five, wait, like, you might as well just like, like just you, that the, means like you're cool. out of play five separate times. Like yeah. this ball's in play. I mean, it's not like, but yeah, I mean, at least by the time it you're teeing it back up, it's <laughs> like you're on your eleventh shot. I, you know. Yeah, that's well, uh, <laughs> humiliating. Could you imagine putting for birdie and you end up getting a a, a triple? triple? Yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's, that that's, that's pretty defeating because you did all the work to get to the green and then uh-huh. you. Couldn't finish the hole. A 515 yard par five. Oh, so he might have been put for eagle. Yeah, he could have. Well, he could have. Oh, that's rough. So that's he's good rough. at golf. He got it there in two. Yeah. yeah. He's got to work on that putt. But you got to coach him up, man. You got you to gotta get him ready on that. You know, putt. it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's, well, even for people like us, like, you know, you get older and it's just like, it's all patience. Putting is patience and, and short game is patience. And these kids have zero patience. And it's like one of those, 
headcase things. And it's like, mm-hmm. I go home from tournaments and I'm mentally exhausted. And I don't even swing a club. I'm, like, I, I'm mentally exhausted just from like thinking. So, you know, my, my number one boy today ended up winning the tournament in the playoff today. Shocker there. So, is it a good old, good old Will? He's like the number one golfer yeah, in the state. Yeah. Yeah. No yeah. shocker there. Oh, so here's why everything goes full circle today. So, you know, we're playing in this tournament. He wins the tournament. And we leave. So I get a call tonight, probably like two hours ago, and it's Will. And I'm going, okay, he's probably just asking me about something for tomorrow. Tomorrow's big. Match play against Ocean Springs. Match play Ooh. tournament at Shell Landing. Ryder okay. Cup style. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he calls me at 6 o'clock and says, uh, something happened. And I'm like, okay, Uh-oh. what what happened? And he's he says, yeah, he's like, my ankle is black. And I said, what? And he's like, yeah, we were out playing and somebody swung in their backswing on a practice swing and just absolutely clobbered me. In the oh, game. my God. Mm, that so. sucks. All right. Well, that top five putting on the golf course is <laughs> yeah, breaking your ankle because somebody in a backswing. Yeah. Ooh, so that one's rough. We're going to think how but, we're going to deal with that. So. Uh, you get, dude, you just got to send them out there. Tape it up. Ankle brace. <laughs> rock and roll. Take one for the team. Yep. You mentioned the Ryder Cup. Uh, not a lot of people in the United States States watched it. Um, I like sleeping, Chet. Yeah, I mean, it, it started on so at 1.30 early. in the morning. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and the U.S. was getting absolute boat raced until Sunday. Um, well, to end it Saturday, they had the hat gate where Patrick Cantlay didn't wear a hat. And everybody was like, oh, it's because he's, he's not getting paid, so he doesn't want to wear a hat, blah, blah, blah. He says it's because the hat didn't fit him, which I don't know if I believe that or not. Uh, but after every shot or before every shot the european crowd would take their hat off and wave it around uh right before he hit my dad called me and he was like what is this these people that are playing golf right now are like screaming the fans are screaming at him you're not supposed to do that on the golf course it's like that it's the Ryder cup anything goes i mean they got people jumping in the pond um in between holes <laughs> uh makes it the u.s team gives it back to him he makes the big putt to win the to win the match and they're like oh hat gate this shove it up your ass uh joe lacava and rory are fighting on the green it was a whole scene um and then sunday the u.s has to win what like nine points ten points to win it they don't end up getting it done but we got to talk about max homa and the balls of steel that this man has we have bet on him so many times and every time we bet on him the man can't make a putt but no he makes a like 12 foot putt after (laughs) hitting an insane flop shot onto the green to win a uh to win a point for the U.S., crowd goes crazy. They end up not getting it done. Uh, the last, basically, the putt that won the Ryder Cup was uh, Ricky Fowler is in a match to the death against Tommy Fleetwood. It's a drivable par four. This might also top three putting. He slices his drive into the water to basically eliminate it from the hole. And mm. Tommy Fleetwood, in a must win, if he wins this hole, the Europeans win the Ryder Cup. He drives the green. And so at that point, you're like, this is done unless Ricky holds out his approach shot, which he does not. Tommy Fleetwood puts it to about four feet. And Ricky goes, nah, that's good, man. And they win the Ryder Cup. Wow. I, I wanted to ask, would y'all have made him put it? I would. Yeah, I after Jacob's story. Heck yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, well, you saw what happened with, uh, I think it was McIntyre. They had. A, oh, he was missing putts all over the place. His match down the stretch with Wyndham Clark. And he mm-hmm. lipped out from two feet. I mean, that was literally a turning point. That was a, 
that was a big turning point. Like anything like is can happen. Max Homa with the oh. unplayable on 18, like that that's yep. crazy. Like not even credit credit doesn't go to Max Homa, his caddy. Like yeah. that his he gets credit for that because he's the one, I guess, according to Max, that he made the call and was like, dude, mm-hmm. just take an unplayable and get up and down. And that was crazy. Yeah, no, this Max's ball was buried so deep. They were saying if he would have actually taken the swing, it the club wouldn't have gone through the grass. Like it would have just got caught and he would have never hit the ball. Oh, um, so taking the unplayable, then having the balls of stone that he did to make the up and down in a in a huge moment. But I'm wondering if Ricky Ricky probably didn't know that this was the hole to just de- to decide the Ryder Cup that it was all on his shoulders because they're all playing at the same time, right? So he probably didn't realize it, and he was he was putting for uh, par at best, and uh, Tommy Fleetwood has the two putt from four feet. To tie the hole so maybe that's what went into it but in the next whack tyler and jacob if y'all have a four foot putt to win it all i'm making you putt it even if we're on our eighth stroke i don't there care. are no gimmies in the way making that putt, yeah, <laughs> you're no making that putt all day the skill said, level in the whack does not necessitate win. a gimme <laughs> especially now i haven't touched the golf course since the whack uh, i've let some golf this weekend all right let's yeah. hurry up and schedule the whack this weekend <laughs> yes, uh, y'all beat me here, Central Texas. We're playing the whack on my home course. Oh, um, right. No, I have I played golf this weekend. The putting's rough, man. I wouldn't give me any putts mm. right now. Everything else is decent, but the putting is. I'm, I'm I did five putt, but I did three putt a few times. Uh, but new look, just like Jimmy Butler. I don't know, if, you know, NBA Media Days kicked off today. Uh, what what'd you call him, Jacob, before the show? What was Jemiah Butler? <laughs> Jemiah Butler with straightened hair. Um, that was interesting, and the, all the piercings. Do you think it's just a look for media day? Because remember last year he showed up with like the the dreadlocks to his butt, like he had them like full on, and they were gone. Those were sick, it's a trend. Right? It's it's a trolling effort at this point. Yeah, no, he said I, it's I, like his Halloween, so I think that he'll be doing this the remainder of his career. And it, it's funny because like ESPN puts so much time into these graphics and stuff, and like he looks nothing like he's gonna look like the remainder of the season. And I, I don't know. I just I find it funny because so often we talk about athletes, you know, being too serious or not having a personality. And here's this guy. He's making like two hundred million dollars over the lifetime of his contract. And he's he's just having a little fun with it. Um, I see nothing wrong with it. I, I liked it. Last oh, year. I, I like it. it this year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for next I, year. I don't know. Rainbow I, hair, maybe. Who knows? I just want to know if the piercings are real. Like, did he actually go get his no, eyebrows pierced no, and no, his no, lips pierced? No. He said he <laughs> wanted to look like an emo front, like lead singer to an emo rock band. <laughs> was his inspiration behind he, the outfit? So. He accomplished it. that perfectly. Yeah, he yeah, nailed, nailed it. Um, uh, and then Tyler, why don't you tell everybody what Zion said in his press conference? He said that he's unguardable. So uh, the only thing that he needs to be unguardable is stay healthy because for most of the season, I feel like uh, he's been healthy. Uh, but pretty much the same expectations for the Pelicans. It's all about just staying healthy. Pretty much the same big three. You got CJ coming back, B.I. You'll have uh, Jose uh, uh, missing some time uh, in training camp uh, along with uh, Trey Murphy. He's had offseason surgery. So we'll see. You know, it's the same pretty – the same team uh, as last year so we'll see you know the Pels was able to get off to a hot start and then it fell apart whenever Zion uh, got hurt uh, so we'll see if it happens again yeah I mean 
you could be unguardable if you never yeah. play. Nobody That's can guard you. He's not telling a lie. Except for the bench monster. So, uh, of course, Damian Lillard's in Portland now. Or not Portland, left Portland and is now in Milwaukee. So, that'll be interesting to see how that mm-hmm. plays out. Early uh, early championship pick there, Fletch. You think Milwaukee gets it done this year with Damian? I, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where, you know, we talked about it kind of when I, this just has the feeling of like when KD and Harden and Kyrie all went all to them Brooklyn. Got and yeah. like they went back to Brooklyn and was like, oh, we're going to dominate. And they couldn't share the ball to save their lives. Like, let's be real. Is this going to be the was last year the last year we're going to see Giannis bring the ball up the court? Like, no, probably. Uh, it's just one of those I things where it's so. like Damian Lillard, it, he's not going to play as an off guard. He's just, I don't, there's no way that's going to happen. Um, I, you still have Chris Middleton and, I'm surprised that they still have Chris Middleton with that trade. I, you know, what they gave away and what they received, I just – I don't understand the whole thing. I read it, and then I read it again, and then I had to read it one more time, and I still couldn't figure out, <laughs> like, why why this happened. Um, no, I think there were other places for Damian Lillard. I, I just – I don't know if Milwaukee is exactly the right fit, but he is a small market guy like I, it's just you're never gonna find Damian Lillard in a big in a big market and uh yeah I, I think that as far as that team goes it's gonna be interesting to see like Lillard is not a defensive player uh you know they gave away a def- defensive asset Grayson Allen's gone I, so you, you've got some people that have left that were good defensively that you needed I mean you have no perimeter defense now because Lillard's not going to guard anybody. It's like James Harden guarding somebody. And and he nope. couldn't guard a loaf of bread if it didn't move for three hours. So I I I, I I'm not sure like why I, I don't get it. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, we'll see how it plays out. I mean I'm I'll start watching basketball when we get to the playoffs really probably. Um, I was really into it when we lived in Louisiana and we go to the Pelicans games, but it's football season, so they upped my yearly freaking NBA up my yearly annual fee. Well, we brought you back for now, freaking BS that they said, you know what? Oh, okay, let's just. I got this freaking bill from Secaucus, and I'm like, what the this charge from from Secaucus? (laughs) That's where their NBA (laughs) headquarters is, huh? What? What is Is like a that's a town, New York, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, geography is yeah. not my strong suit. My 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 yearly my yearly annual thing. I could watch. Of course, I'm a Grizzlies fan, and and I watched the Grizzlies games, and it was fifty nine ninety nine for the year, and I could watch any game I wanted throughout the year. And not bad. Now, yeah, it was a pretty good deal because like I mean, you're gonna pay any, sixty bucks for a ticket. Any NBA game? The whole season? No, no, no. Just their or just games. Grizzlies. Just okay. their games, but for the entire season, it was a pretty good deal. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So. And now it's ninety nine ninety nine for the year. Oh my god! And you're not even seeing John Morant. Yeah, yeah, great. So they should give it to you. Have to give you a discount. Give you a discount. If you're watching right now, like the show, subscribe, send it to everybody. We gotta get monetized because Fletch has got to be able to pay for this. Yeah, I I gotta pay for my NBA league pass, guys. Yeah, dollars more. It's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that's rough. That's rough. Um, but you know what is a problem? Well, I guess kind of. A problem, uh, unless you're a Swifty, uh, like Wade's wife. Uh, Taylor <laughs> Swift and uh, the Chiefs 
How many times was she shown on TV last night, Wade? What, what you I guess? don't know. I'll have to bring in my expert opinion, but I would guess at least like seven. All right, Tyler, what do you think? Well, you know the 17. answer, actually. Oh, <laughs> you got it. Fletch, what do you think? Why do you ask you me? Have... Because we had the counter going oh, all off. night. Was it actually 17? It was 17. They showed her 17 oh times. Um, Are we present with uh, that happened right after Pacheco scored the touchdown? Yes. Uh, there was, I think she had four total commercials shown during the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, they cut off Pacheco's celebration to show her celebrating. I mean, I'm a Taylor Swift fan, right? It's kind of crazy. Um, my wife came in and was like, hey, you know this Travis Kelsey guy? Taylor Swift put him on the map. I was like, I know you're doing a TikTok trend, and you're not going to catch me. Uh, I was I was happy. You're a fan of each, right? right? You got I him am. on your team, and you've always liked Taylor Swift. Exactly. Um, you know, shout out Lyndon. He, Isabel tried that with him, if you, if you, if you saw it on TikTok. Uh, Lyndon, not the biggest NFL guy, but he knew who Travis Kelsey was. So I'm proud of you, Lyndon. If He's you're we taught him something. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then we had – so, welcome to New York, 17 times for Taylor Swift. Uh, it was actually a close one with the Chiefs and the Jets, 23-20. Zach Wilson saw Travis's mom in the box and was like, oh I'm going to start playing like Joe Namath. I mean, Tyler, is, 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 has he beaten his woes or is, was it just a one-time thing? I have one thing to say. That dude on NBC, Rodney Harrison, is a piece of shit for saying what hey. he to Zach yeah. Wilson. No, that was that was Because, dude, like you were just trying to say that Chris Jones, like he's just saying like, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's getting better. He's getting better. And this freaking asshole is saying, oh, he's a, he's a garbage. He's that. He's whatever. Like, golly. Like, you have to be more professional on TV and tip my cap to Chris Jones. I know we're yes. not NSFW, but screw it. <laughs> this has just been – I just right. had to come out and say that it's because a, what a piece of crap you are. <laughs> no, I like it. Keep the fire going, Tyler. We'll just mark this one as expensive. Okay, once it's already marked, you can say as many as you want. It's yeah. unlimited. Yeah. It's not made that, for the dance all right? It, it just pissed me off. Just like to be a journalist like that and say that in front of Chris Jones and Zach Wilson. Like, come on. Like, Zach Wilson is just trying his best. The Jets are in a tough situation. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he's out for the year. He's trying to come back. We'll see. But, I mean, he's not that bad of a quarterback to say that on live television in front of Chris Jones. No, I agree with you. Um, He was trying to bait Jones into saying something. It didn't work. And, no, yeah, hats off to Chris Jones for keeping his professionalism. Uh, I, I felt for Zach. I mean, you saw the scene afterwards when he was like, this is all my fault. Like, you could kind of read his lips. Um, so, I mean, that's tough. That's tough to see. Uh, I think – I didn't really watch the game, but I think he fumbled, like, one of the final snaps to turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, I there was no way. Uh, Go ahead, Fudge. I just don't – there was still a chance for them to win the game. Like, it, it's just one of those things where it's like – it wasn't like the Chiefs had it in the bag at, at a certain point, you know. And, and I think the Jets' defense in the fourth quarter looked really good. And even in the end of the third. Well, we know they have a, one of the top defenses. It's just yeah. a matter of how long can you keep it up when your offense well, just that's cannot why, do it. But that's what, I'm say- that's what I'm saying. Their defense had multiple opportunities. Like C.J. Mosley had an interception that literally hit him straight in the hands. Mm-hmm. Couldn't catch it. I mean, there were a lot of opportunities that just went by the wayside on defense because they they couldn't, for whatever reason, hold on to, the, to just catch the football. And it was just yeah. one of those where I I looked at it and was like, look, the defense is just as much at fault as the offense is. 
Well, I don't know if you saw the meme from uh, when Taylor Swift and, and Brittany Mahomes were talking. And it was like, what What are they saying? And someone said, why does your husband keep throwing a ball to the other team and not to Travis? Uh, that one was pretty funny. But, Wade, I want to know, since you are the resident Swifty or married to the resident Swifty, <laughs> there you go. Uh, what do you think they were saying <laughs> in that in that interchange? I think uh, Brittany Mahomes was just trying to kiss ass, you know, because she knows that her spotlight is dwindling. And we haven't seen Jackson Mahomes in like two years. Probably right. He's in jail. Well, he's not in jail. He's just not allowed to come on the media. I think he's in jail. Uh, Okay. Well, uh, but yeah, this is probably her just trying to fangirl and and keep the spotlight on herself. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had uh, a. I don't know who it was sitting next to Taylor Swift, but she was drinking a High Noon, and Dave Portnoy, who's a, High Noon's a big sponsor of theirs, was just like tweeting nonstop, pass the High Noon to the left, just so Taylor can hold it for one shot and give us all these sales. So, uh, but I mean, I sent y'all a TikTok of uh, them kind of freaking out about Taylor Swift and what's going on because the the NFL seems to be really riding this Taylor Swift stuff, right? All of their bios are like Swifties, 2-0, and everything. And then you could tell that the calls were blatantly like holding was missed. They called defensive holding when it wasn't holding. Is there some conspiracy going on, Tyler, that the NFL is going to have Taylor Sw- or the Chiefs win the Super Bowl or to the Super Bowl um, just, just for this image with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? Wouldn't doubt it because the NFL is literally leaderless with Roger Goodell. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing nowadays. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. There's conspiracy theories. Uh, I don't believe it, though, you know. But I just, like, let her live her life. Like, there's, like, so many cameras yeah. around. She already has so much publicity at this rate. But I don't know. I really don't care. <laughs> They're going to get well, to the Super Bowl. Taylor Swift is going to drop kick Usher at halftime. <laughs> And take over the mic and start. That's the storyline we're looking for. Do a duet with Travis Kelsey mid game. Everybody got mad at Evan McPherson for being out there during the halftime show. Travis Kelsey's already skipping team flights and staying the night before games. I wanted to talk about that. There's no rules. He'll be all right. But also, I'll give the resident Swifty some credit. She sent me a breakdown video of the penalties on the no calls, or I guess the bad calls against the Jets. And she mm-hmm. said, you know what? This is just a bad look for the NFL. I want to see Taylor Swift out there, but it's clear that they're, you know, really trying to just run this narrative, right? And mm-hmm. that maybe the Chiefs should have lost that game. Oh, so we have a Swifty oh, coming in saying that's that, rare. Okay, so she's buying into the conspiracy. Well, like she's, like she's a fantasy football player first, and she has Garrett Wilson on her team. So she's oh that is true. You know, well, obviously she's not a listener of the show because I Garrett Wilson has my sits last week. Well, Garrett Wilson <laughs> well, put up fourteen points. Well, you well, know what? Man. We don't hit. We don't have many hits on this. Show, You're right so. on Joe Mixon though. Yeah, sure. I was. I mean, Joe Burrow should just be a permanent sit. Yeah, <laughs> permanent sit. That's true. I got one thing to say, Travis Kelsey. I didn't draft you in the first round for you to spend the night at Taylor's apartment and put up twelve fantasy points. Man. We need more discipline. Kids are in the game and catch some touchdowns. All right. We don't talk about Taylor Swift. Don't talk, unless it comes up later. Welcome to New York. Buffalo went down to Miami, absolutely thumped them 48 to 20. Josh Allen, 320 yards, five total touchdowns. Stephon Diggs, three touchdowns. Jacob, is Josh Allen in full MVP form? Well, first, let me correct you because the little Dolphies went up to <laughs> Buffalo 
and got their <laughs> shit kicked. Because... There you go. <laughs> this is the aggressive episode. Yeah, I like well, it. I like it. I mean, the thing is, is that I am so glad. First of all, let's talk fantasy. I am so glad that I got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs because we, my we, God, yeah, yeah. we want it happen again. Are you kidding me? We're we're you didn't know what? Wait, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna carry me to the natty. Oh, Wade's gonna find out when I when yeah, I beat him up in a couple weeks. people. Yeah, uh, he had yeah. He had like 190 points this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I well, I just think that Buffalo uh, Buffalo's all around. I think the better football team defensively. Mm-hmm. Buffalo is the better football team. Uh, everybody's talking about Miami's defense. Miami really hasn't had a test this year, and that was their first big test, and they failed miserably. I mean that. That's just number one. I think it's a coaching mistake. Um, I've said from day one that I think McDaniel's too young to be coaching, uh, to be a head coach right now in the NFL. Um, it's a little loose. It's just kind of all it's over an the place. Take. I don't know. It just looks like a little kid's birthday party, like at practice. It's, and it's the meme that his dad left for work for the day, and now he's running it. He's but Tyreek Hill is so disciplined and mature. What could go wrong? Like, oh my god, what could go wrong? Like, yeah, just, I, give him, I, just give him the hit of his vape and just let him roll. I'm so confused with Miami. Like Miami football embraces Miami, um, where just nobody cares, and it's just like it's just a free for all. Um, no, I think Buffalo is a disciplined football team. I think Buffalo will be in the AFC championship game this year. I, I'm, I'm happy with how they're running the football. I think right now run pass balance is really good defensively. I don't think there's a better team in the league defensively, except for the Cowboys, um, right now than Dallas the Bills. One. Not even close. Yeah. Oh, I mean. Well, you also have Dallas on your fantasy team, too, so that doesn't help. I do. You had, you I had do. like a 100-point score between Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and the Dallas Cowboys. I think it's Cowboys safe to defense. say we are screwed. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we are totally screwed. Actually, uh, I played Jacob Week 1, didn't I? Yeah, you did. And you got your shit kicked. <laughs> I think. Did you? No, I think I won. I don't oh, think so. Well, I, I, lost to, I lost to Chris. That's my oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Because Chris oh, yeah, you were undefeated. Because yeah, he put Chris's up 218 like... points. Yeah. There is no chance that somebody on Fantasy is going to put up 218 points. for the... I put up 180 and still lost. Yeah, like, that, was un, that was unfortunate. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah, no, bad or bad losses. Yeah, sure. Fletch is the team to watch out for. Bad beat for me. I dropped the Bills defense because I was like, oh, they're playing the Mighty Dolphins, and I picked up the Chiefs. So... They scored me a zero, um, and the, I think the Bills defense had like twelve. The Dolphins. Everybody keeps talking about the Dolphins are going to be a freaking 12, 13 win team. They are not. I think they are a nine win team at best. Probably so. I Just going to be well, honest. I mean, everybody's going to beat the Patriots. I mean, the Jets. The fact that the Jets aren't out of it in the division, like the yeah. Jets could still win a wild card spot. The defense will keep them around, you know. No, and they ended up, you know, pulling that one off against the Bills in week one. So I think that goes a long way. Um, in a different division, still the AFC, though, we have the Houston Texans. They have one loss. My boys down in Houston. CJ Stroud is just making it happen down there. Um, they go, they they take down Pittsburgh 30 to 6. Uh, they beat Tennessee last week, like 37 to 14. Um He's he's spreading the ball out. It's a it's a just just draft the Texans wide receiver because he's getting you points guaranteed. I've got one on my bench who scored forty, or, or my wife's bench who scored forty. Like that. I mean, come on, I can't I can't win there. And he's named um, after your dog. 
Exactly. I should have started him instead of Keenan Allen. Uh, but I'm saying C.J. Stroud, early offensive rookie of the year award. I mean, Tyler, what do you think? What do you think from the Ohio State quarterback? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely think that he's putting up some numbers in a division that's really wide open. You know, the Jags were able to get a victory uh, over the Falcons in London. Uh, the Titans absolutely dismantled the Bengals. The Bengals are just looking like a dumpster fire. Uh, so if Houston, you know, can keep on winning, I think that their schedule uh, is setting up nicely. They, they play Atlanta, and then uh, in the next coming weeks, they play the Saints, who can't score the ball to save their gosh dang lives. So, uh, yeah, yeah I think that Houston's definitely a dark horse. I kind of had a feeling that this team, uh, you know, a lot of people were going to doubt them, uh, but they have some young talent. You know, there are two wide receivers just stepping up, uh, Tank Dale and Nico Collins, and then you have a lot of young talent. You know, Derek Stingley is one of your top quarterbacks, Will Anderson uh, in the middle. So, yeah, I think that this is going to be a team uh, that's – going to be competing i think that they could be right in there uh, in the wild card race yeah they have a lot of young stars so let's see them make a push this year and then it's just going to get better um you mentioned the saints tyler recap it for us they just flat out suck on offense yeah they did i'm, I'm ready for dennis allen and pete markle pete carmichael to get the heck out of here i mean uh just look at this offense. It's just very bad. It hasn't been good since the Drew Brees era. I mean, Chris Olave had probably one of his worst games. I don't think it wasn't his fault. The play calling, it's like 1960-ish. So I, you just cannot do anything. You have Alvin Kamara uh, coming back. Uh, he had 13 receptions for 33 yards and, and 50 yards uh, on the ground. I think that the defense is fine. I think, you know, on one side of the ball, you're you're good, and on the other side, you're just relying on field goals. Like nine points ain't going to win you games, and Derek Carr isn't the quarterback that you think he is. He's a very average quarterback. I just, I was, I bought into the hype of this team. I'll go ahead and say it. I thought eleven wins just because the schedule. They'll be lucky to get seven, honestly, at this rate. I think that the way that they're playing, you know, they they blew a seventeen nothing lead. It was just an inexcusable loss, and you come back home. And give up 26 points to Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. That is downright embarrassing. With no Mike Evans. And, and, and no Mike Evans. You know, Chris Godwin, he had himself a game. Uh, but uh, didn't, if you think that Dennis Allen is a great head coach, you can go, uh, go away from me. I just don't think that he is. I think that they just need to just go away from the Sean Payton era. Just go bye-bye, say everybody. They just got to flush Squish, everything Squish. before it gets too bad. Or if they just keep with Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael, this is probably going to be a last place team along with the Carolina Panthers because this offense sucks. It can't keep up with anybody in this league. Uh, so they, the changes have to come soon or this team is going to be in the dumps for a very, very long time. Calling out the Carolina Panthers. I don't think Chris would appreciate that last week. Um, Wade, I got to ask you. Are you going with Jameis Winston or Derek Carr moving forward, especially with this AC yeah, joint? It don't matter as long as if – it, If it's truly an injury that's limiting him, um, I think you got to do the right thing for the team and, and play Jameis Winston. I mean, I know he's not the greatest, but he is one of the better backups. And the degrees of separation in the NFL between average quarterbacks is very slim. So if Derek Carr's hurt, I mean, that just puts him really behind the eight ball and you got to go with Winston. But I think it's more of a scheme thing. I think that that Carr could be the guy still. I just think that they've tried to hold on to the last little bit of the Drew Brees era and Sean Payton era. And look, it's not even working for Payton currently in present day. I mean, the, out, the offense He's just cut his sleeves off. Yeah, it's just not it's there anymore. His it doesn't work so in today's hot in Denver. NFL. 
his seat is so hot in Denver that he's cutting the sleeves off on the sideline. So, uh, I mean, the the quarterback, we thought the quarterback situation in New Orleans was fixed. Uh, but, I mean, week one, he was like, and then week two, they looked good against the Packers. I mean, they, they were okay, but then he gets hurt. And so now it's like, do you, you don't want to throw some, I mean, you could tell he was throwing dead ducks out, out there. Like, I saw one to Chris Olave, one of his, like, four targets. I mean, it was five yards short. Like, it was nowhere near even get to him. So, I think that's – I think you're right, Wade. You got to bench him until he's fully healthy. Uh, but, Jacob, there's been some talks. Teams trying to trade for Kirk Cousins, probably not during the season, but towards the end of the season. Um, I say Saints. Put them on your number, but somebody said Atlanta Falcons. What do you think about that? Uh, I don't think Atlanta. I think Kirk's right, right fit in Atlanta. I, I – Atlanta's good with a young quarterback. Uh, you know, they, they had suck. Matt Ryan. No, no. He, I don't you know. Go, I think beating, you go Tyler. They're beating the Saints and... ass right now. So I, I don't yeah. know. So like I um I think they're better off with a young quarterback. I I I just think that their offense is built for a young quarterback. The Saints offense is still built for a veteran quarterback, and they don't have it. Jameis Winston is Mr. Where can I throw it? So I I I don't I hate their – I absolutely hate the Saints offense. I cannot stand it. It's I can't like, either. It's like, you know what, just maybe hold on, like throw the ball for a little while, and maybe Drew Brees will come out, come out of the tunnel with his number nine jersey on and save the day and, like, come oh, back from retirement. Call him up and he needs to be like, calling the plays because people – Carmichael's offense Look, is Derek, built like a stone age. Derek uh, Carr would throw for 5,000 yards in Minnesota this year, and Kirk Cousins yes. would throw for 3,000 in – in New Orleans, it's really not that big of a difference yes. in talent. It's scheme. Nobody yeah, hires yeah. defensive head coaches. I don't know why the Saints thought it would be a good idea to hire one that failed in Oakland. Well, I mean, is there one floating around? Is there a guy floating around that you think uh, will take over next season? Eric enemy finally, maybe. I don't know. Sam Howell looks a lot better than anybody we just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. True. That's it's true. Some of the young rookies, like, uh, um, I'd rather see at quarterback than – than that, I mean that's that's a mess. I just what the about Saints what about that third string guy that was shooting up PEDs that's suspended for a couple more weeks? What's his name? He's Jake Jay Tainer. Luton. I mean, or no, no, Jake uh, Tainer. Yeah, Tainer. Yeah. I mean, maybe throw him out if Jameis Winston is sucking it up. It doesn't. It's just all about teams. I mean, all these guys would be decent. They're not going to be league winning quarterbacks, but they're not quarterbacks that lose you games. Desmond Ritter is kind of a quarterback that loses you games, but again, that's a scheme thing. I don't think that you could put Kirk in that offense and uh, they're not going to open it up. Right. I mean, they just run the ball too much. That's another poor scheme. I think the bucks are actually taking the best approach at scheme um, in the division. And that's why they're three and one. But that, but if you're going to be a running team, but if you're going to be a running team, build your team as a running team. Like I, I, I just, don't go out there and think that Michael Thomas and Chris Olave are the answer. Oh, the Saints to... aren't supposed to be a running team. They just don't know how to – I don't know what the play calls are for the routes. It's They're supposed clueless. to be – Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I – It's not I, a good situation. I, I Louisiana – Can't do it. Louisiana is in a bad state of football right now. I mean – well, I say Louisiana. I'm just saying New Orleans and uh, Baton Rouge. Um, Tulane's looking decent. Uh, but – 
as one thing we've learned is these coaches will not change their scheme when they come to Louisiana, as you can see, and we'll get to in our college football talk. But, Tyler, the floor is now yours for your right. fantasy football corner. How'd it go last week? I, I know oh. you said sit Garrett Wilson. He was uh, medium. Um, but what what do we got? Uh, what do we got this week for the? Yeah, we got a we got a full list uh, cast of characters here as we head into week number five. Defeated, you have one loss, two loss. You're looking for your first win, fantasy. I am hopefully here to help you. So this is the quarterback start of the week. Let's get it going here. Uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, he's back on it. Uh, coming off of a fantastic performance against Washington Commanders, I think that the Seagulls offense is starting to improve week in and week out. A.J. Brown, that connection, starting to become strong. And talk about DeAndre Swift uh, being a factor in this Philadelphia offense. He's starting to do really good things. And going up to the matchup on the road against the Los Angeles Rams, and I can't really figure out uh, this Rams defense. You know, in week one against Seattle, they looked pretty good. And then last week they had – you know, a 27 to nothing lead against Indianapolis Colts ended up blowing that. They ended up uh, getting that all thanks to Puka. Uh, but I just can't really figure out this defense. Uh, so I think that this Philadelphia Eagles offense coming off of an impressive performance against a very talented Washington Commanders defense. Uh, Jalen Hurts, they're going to do their little play where Jalen Hurts gets down there to the one yard line. They're going to do the, the Philly push and he's going <laughs> to score probably two touchdowns and Philadelphia is probably going to win in a shootout. So I think the way that this Philadelphia offense has been cooking lately, it's hard not to to sit uh, Jalen Hurts. So, so I think that he's a full-on go for this Philadelphia team that's looking to stay undefeated. All right, let's go on now to the running back start of the week. It's a rookie, and it is B. John Robinson. I have been high on this man since day one uh, in the offseason. As soon as uh, the Atlanta Falcons took him at pick number eight, I knew that he was going to be special. And he had an okay game against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars' defense uh, really – just timed this uh, Falcons offense. Uh, it's definitely interesting for this Falcons offense. You know, Desmond Ritter has been struggling. Uh, Bijan Robinson, he had a slow start to the season. You know, in week number one, Tyler Algier had most of the carries of, but now that is starting to shift. Uh, Atlanta and Bijan had 14 carries, 105 yards for that was good for 19 uh, fantasy points if you are playing. In PPR and looking at the Falcons uh, this week, they host the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans defense is one of those defenses that we always like to pick up. I think that the Texans defense is definitely getting better, but where they are lacking is their rush defense. I do think that Bijan Robinson, if you're looking, especially at PPR, he's going to give you points in that rushing department and also in the receiving game too. Uh, so I think the way that Bijan has been playing, he's been one of the most consistent fantasy running backs and running backs have, been a problem for a lot of people in fantasy whether you know lost Nick Chubb or Austin Eckler he hasn't been playing uh, so if you have a little hole I think that Bijan Robinson uh, is your start this week in the running back department let's go on now to the wide receiver star of the week we talked about Buffalo and we are going to continue to start the man Stefan Diggs coming off of a really good performance 120 yards and three touchdowns against Miami defense that has really been disappointing with how much talent that uh, defense has uh, Stephon Diggs in this offense just to continues to be good. Uh, this is uh, across the pond once again, hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars um, in Tottenham Stadium. So definitely going to be an offensive slugfest. Uh, but I think the way you're coming off a of performance, you're feeling really good about the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Uh, but it was Atlanta offense that hasn't really been too good. Uh, so I think that 
you just got to roll the momentum. I think that Josh Allen is playing like MVP. Stephon Diggs is looking like one of the best uh, fantasy wide receivers to get. Coming off of a 37 points, he's projected 17.7. Would not shock me if he gets over that. I think that he definitely finds the end zone. That's Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen connection is really good, especially, you know, even going up against a, a talented Jaguars secondary. You really have to trust Stephon Diggs uh, this week heading into week number five. All right, let's get into some of the negatives. Let's get into the sits of the week, starting with the quarterbacks of the week. I did have some bold ones. Lamar Jackson sitting did not work out for me, uh, but we are going to go with another quarterback. Go to the NFC East, Dak Prescott. This is going to be a game that I just don't think that there's going to be many points scored. Uh, it's Brock Purdy versus Dak Prescott. Probably wouldn't start either. Uh, but definitely wouldn't start Dak Prescott. I definitely think that this is a San Francisco 49ers defense that you don't definitely want, don't want to mess with. You know, Josh Dobbs, he had two touchdowns against his defense. Uh, but I just think that Dak Prescott going on the road to San Francisco, I think that this is going to be a tough environment for Dak in this offense to really generate a lot of offense. So coming off of a so-so performance against the Patriots defense, uh, they didn't really have to rely too heavily on Dak Prescott's arm. Uh, but I think uh, that Dak Prescott is one of the quarterbacks you just want to sash on the bench and wait for a better matchup in the coming weeks. All right, let's go on now to the running back sit of the week. It is Ramondre Stevenson, and this is just an ugly matchup. I don't really want to touch anybody in this matchup. This is probably going to be one of the more lower scoring matchups uh, right now. The under is set at 39. Wouldn't surprise me if we went under that. Both these offenses just absolute stink right now. Looking at the Saints offense, they can't really generate much. Uh, the Patriots with Mac Jones is pretty much the same. And looking at Ramondre Stevenson, uh, this backfield is definitely a running back by committee. Uh, Zeke Elliott saw a lot of uh, carries against Dallas. Ramondre had his fair share, but it wasn't really a good game. He had 14 carries, 30 yards. That's just not what we want to look for, especially if you have him as your RB1 or RB2. Going up against the Saints uh, rush defense, uh, that is one of the best uh, in the league. Uh, Rashad White, he had a so-so game. I think that Ramondre Stevenson is probably going to have similar stats to you see there on the screen. So I'm sitting the Patriots, uh, and honestly, uh, Alvin Kamara too. I just don't feel safe uh, playing Kamara either. Uh, so sit whoever running back is playing in this matchup, uh, but I'll, I'll go with Stevenson. We're going to continue going after that matchup. Uh, we're going to sit Michael Thomas. And also you can have Rashid Shahid uh, to this list. I just have no faith uh, in the New Orleans Saints offense uh, right now. Well, it's coming off of a performance only score nine points. It gets tough. A uh, Patriots defense. I think that the Patriots defense is dealing with injury. Matthew Judon did get banged up. Uh, we'll see if he's able to play in this one. But without Judon, I think that this Patriots defense is going to be motivated. Uh, the Cowboys had their way. I think that, you know, Michael Thomas coming off of a game where he only had four catches for 53 yards. Uh, Derek Carr, he has an injury. I think that the injury is definitely affecting him, but the Saints offense isn't clicking. Uh, so I just don't think that he can reach uh, that projected total. If he does, I just don't think. If you have other options, I would just feel safer. I just don't want to touch anybody in the Saints versus Patriots matchup as it's going to be an offensive snooze fest. So that is the wide receiver sit of the week and also the starts and the sits heading into week number five. Well, Futch, I think you should be pretty happy with this, uh, this these matchups for the Saints and um, – what am I trying to say here? The Saints and the Patriots because you're a fan of both of them. So it's a win-win for you who, no matter who wins. 
Uh, false. I, I'm not a Saints. Are you going to be going I, to the game, I, Mr. Fetch? I'm not going to Foxborough. So oh, no, I thought I'm it was in New Orleans. Game. No, so, in, no. Oh, it, I read it's that in wrong. Foxborough. I um, no, I I'm not a Saints fan by any means. I tolerate the Saints and I'll go to a Saints game, but like I, I, I just the Saints don't wow me in. Like for well, me, the Patriots, the Patriots definitely don't a, wow me. I don't know what. You're well, yeah, to say I, I just like okay. So the thing with the Patriots is, is they're a legacy football team, so it's it's not like uh, it's different. So like people that are Patriots fans are lifelong <laughs> Patriot fans. I, I yeah 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 because they've been I good think our it is. I think it most I've people, been a lifelong Saints mm, fan. They haven't always been good. I'm brown bag. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry that 2009 is the only year that that really was enjoyable for the Saints. I I, I don't know. I, out, I'm man. not a Saints fan. I just I just don't. Uh, it is. You're a hater. Nah. You're a hater because we beat Tom Brady. I'm not a All right. hater. Yes, you are. Beat Let's... Tom Brady. Right. Let's get to our best bets for the weekend. We heard the fantasy sits and stops, uh, sits and starts. Now let's get to our bets sits and stops. It's time for building dad bankroll. Building dad bankroll brought to you by our friends over at Wolf Spreads. Uh, this is the new app that Tyler and I tried out this weekend. We uh, we were approached by uh, by the guys that built Wolf Spreads. Uh, it's pretty neat, right? So you have $2,000 uh, fake money. Um, you're not actually having to deposit 2000 real dollars. Uh, I actually would have been pretty happy with that because I did get this week. Um, and what you do is you make a league, which Wade was out in Oxford, so he had no internet connection, and Fletch <laughs> just doesn't respond to our text messages. Um, so there's that. Uh, and you basically – compete against each other it's it's a betting but you're betting for bragging rights. so you have your two thousand dollars you bet over under money line everything like that uh so for the we'll start with the nfl i won 980 dollars of the two thousand so i feel like i did a pretty good job uh tyler won 139 so uh trust my bet this weekend and not tyler's bet uh if history says anything but maybe he'll bounce back We'll get all four of us on there, but uh, you got to check it out. It's free on the App Store. It's called Wolf Spreads. Super easy to download, make an account. You don't have to put in your driver's license and verify your location because it's not actual sports gambling. It's just fun uh, Monopoly money with wagering. <laughs> it's fun wagering. And what you can do Friendly is wagering. the four of us can have a competition, right, and say whoever has the most money at the end of the week or at the end of the weekend, uh, you win twenty dollars. We all we Venmo you a couple bucks. Like that's how you can put a little bit of a little bit of spice into it, right? Uh, but you, I mean, you could take the whole house, two thousand dollars, and just say I'll put two thousand dollars on the Packers to lose to the Lions if you were this week last weekend, and you would have won a ton of money. Or you can you can spread it up evenly. So check it out. It's free on the App Store. We'll spreads. Uh, we'll have a link in our description. So. The, we'll start with the NFL bet. Uh, Tyler, I'll let you kick it off. Who's your bet of the week for the NFL? Uh, I'm going to go to the game that I was just talking about, the Patriots and the Saints, and I would gladly take the uh, – not the Saints to cover, the Patriots to cover the one and a half. I just don't think that the Saints are going to score very many points. Or new, neither is New England. This is probably going to be like a snoozer, like a 13-7 to 7 type of game. Uh, so I'll just go New England just because it's, it's in Foxborough. 
not really have any confidence, so just go with the Patriots. I think the under is probably a good play here also. Probably. Um, I think but, it was uh, 39. I, like, I just like picking the spreads. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Wade, let's get your pick for the week for the NFL. All right. There's a lot of good action in the NFL this week, but I'm going to go with a team that we just highlighted, the Houston Texans. I'm going to pick them to win outright over Atlanta, and that was probably your pick too. I also like the over in this one. I think Houston can have the potential to boat race Atlanta. I'll give you a backup. I'll let Chet dive into that game more. I'm going to go, you know what? This is a little bold, but I have been convinced that this team is going to win the Super Bowl after this weekend. I don't know why I listened to them on my drive home. I think the San Francisco 49ers make a statement at home against the Cowboys. I think they win by more than three and a half. And I think the over hits in that game. Over four. three and a half. So three and a half. So weird total. I'm surprised you're taking the over with how good each defense is. Uh, uh, but I, just I like think the I like offenses the are, they could go back and forth. And I, I think San Fran's defense is not as good as it's been in years past, but I think the offense is as efficient as anybody's. And I think Dallas, um, I think their defense is winning them a lot of football games right now. I think it's a solid defense, but it's hard to keep Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, and Brock Purdy's been a good game manager. It's hard to keep those guys under 25 points, and I think both teams get to 21 in this game. So I think if the winner you know, were to get above 25, then all of a sudden you're at that over. So I think San Fran actually wins that game uh, 27 to 23, which would put you at 50 and would cover by a point. So, yeah. You know, there you go. You mentioned the Houston Texans. I didn't have, I didn't, I wasn't taking money line. I was taking them to cover the one and a half point spread. So basically taking a money line. Just um, get the extra vig on the, uh, the money line on a one point spread, you know? Exactly. Well, it was Houston plus one and a half, uh, which was surprising to me considering they've been playing pretty good and Atlanta has not been, I guess, I think it is in Atlanta. So a big road test for the young quarterbacks in C.J. Stroud, but I feel confident in them. I'm going Houston plus one and a half versus Atlanta. Futch, what do you got for your NFL bet this week? Looks like we lost Futch. Uh, he he's frozen. Giving us a probably game. agrees with Tyler. I think he agrees with Tyler. <laughs> uh, all right, well let's go college football until we get Futch back on. Tyler, you take you kick it off for us. Yeah, I'm going to go to the Big 12. Uh, I'm not going to go the Red River shootout. I'm going to stay away uh, from that game. I think that game could go either way. Uh, I'm going to go with Kansas covering the two uh, over UCF. Uh, Kansas, you know, played uh, Texas really well for three quarters in the Texas offense. Uh, So I think that uh, the Jayhawks uh, are back home playing UCF. uh, So give me the Jayhawks uh, to bounce back and cover that too. Okay, I like it. We got Futch back. Okay, he's back. Back on the line. Butch, what is your NFL bet? And then let's get your college bet. Okay. Um, sorry, my NFL bet. I'm gonna go with the Thursday night game. So you got Bears Commanders. Uh Commanders are playing good football right now. They are 500, but I think they're a better team than that. Uh, you know, late game there with the Eagles. They had a chance to win on the road. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the commanders to cover the seven uh against the Bears. They are playing at home, and I I just think that. The Commanders are a decent football team uh, that could that could make the wild card this year in the NFC. I'm assuming it's Commanders minus seven, right? I mean, there's no way the Bears are. It is. It is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. No, a, no. 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 Yet right. the Broncos are favored in a game this year, this week, yet again. 
So mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes and the Jets. I think the Jets could win that game outright, though. Like, I, I think the Jets could one. take some momentum. Uh, yeah. That's well, I, yeah. I get that. Long road trip. That and wolf, and wolf spreads. You never know. That's a that's an interesting pick to take there. Uh, I'll get plus, in on the wolf spreads with y'all this week. Now that I have, uh, we'll we'll have all four of us. We'll we'll even hey listeners, if you want to be on it, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. We'll send you the link. We might, I'll post the link on Twitter when we put out our picks, so y'all can y'all can bet with us. Uh, Fletch, what's your college bet for this week? College bet of the week, man. This is a tough one. Um. I'm going to take a really spicy one. I, I'm going to take Texas A&M to beat Bama on, on, on the, at home in, yep. in A&M and college station. I, I think that A&M is a, is a good football team right now. Uh, they're kind of riding the wave right now. So Max I Johnson, expect baby. A&M to come in. Yeah. It, it's going to be a different, you know, it's going to have that feel kind of like when they won last time in A&M. I, I just think that yep. they have, home field advantage for them is huge and i don't know if alabama is road tested enough you know to to win this football game um i think that there is opportunity for AM to gain some ground uh in the west with with the win so i i think definitely based off of last weekend so yeah i think AM can uh can win that game considering Bama's only a two and a half so um yeah, for, for a ranked and non-ranked matchup, for Bama to only be at two and a half, that's kind of an eyebrow raiser. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. A&M still isn't ranked, but the West is wide open for him. Wade, who's your pick for the college best building that bankroll? I'm also going to go after a, a big team here. I'm going to go with Maryland to cover the 19 and a half against Ohio State. Maryland, I mean, hey, they're still – Kind of a dark horse team, too. I think they're not ranked as well. Also undefeated. So not undefeated. One loss. Undefeated. I don't know. They're undefeated. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They are undefeated. They are. Um, and, yeah, they have a tongue of Aloha at quarterback, and they're undefeated, and they're given like 20 points. You're at quarterback. Yeah, I like he's it. been there forever. <laughs> I forgot uh, he started I, at Alabama. Yeah, he was two as, like, I bet they wish he was still at Alabama. So yeah, I think they, uh, I think they cover it. Uh, they don't win it. They might not even keep it within two touchdowns. But nineteen and a half is a lot. Ohio State, they're good. I think they're legit. I think we'll see how legit when they play Penn State and Michigan. But I think that uh, the offense still has some question marks to me. I know Notre Dame's defense is really, really good. We saw another defensive game with them this weekend, but I just wasn't overly impressed with um, the offense I saw out of Ohio State when I when I finally got to see them play a real team in Notre Dame. No, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, I mean, 19 and a half is a lot um, to give a guy who's been there for a long time. For like an undefeated team. Exactly. Um, so for me, I'm going same same situation. Undefeated, playing undefeated. One undefeated has not looked good the last two weeks, and that's Georgia. Kentucky is a 14-and-a-half-point dog against Georgia. Uh, I think it might be in Athens. I don't exactly know where it is, but it Kentucky's is looking. Kentucky just steamrolled such Florida. BS. That is such BS that it's back in Athens. That is such bullshit. <laughs> So over it, I really am. Like it's every freaking weekend. They it's they're always wearing red guys because they're always playing at home. Like 
Oh my god, it, it's it's just it's awful. Does Kirby Smart have to take his dog out to piss like at three o'clock in the afternoon or something? Like, I don't understand why they have to play at Georgia every freaking week. It doesn't make any sense. What if you could like trade a home matchup for like the next year? Like, if you knew your team was like out of it, what if Vanderbilt could just like punt the whole season and say we'll play all of our games on the road? I like it. I like it. Like, like, play at home and I they all the. None of their fans gonna get support them anyways. But Kentucky yeah. could say, like, this game means so much to us that we'll, if we can play this game in Lexington, we'll give you the next three games in this series on the road. If this was in Lexington, I'd take Kentucky money line straight up. But I think they cover the 14.5 points spread. They looked really good. Georgia has been struggling struggling as of late. So go uh, go Kentucky plus 14.5. So uh, we'll have our bets in over on – uh, over on Wolf Spreads, uh, it's really easy easy to sign up, really easy to use. You get two thousand dollars of free money to play with. Make your bets for the for NFL and college, and I mean you can have competitions for baseball, basketball, well, not basketball right now, but they got they got all the sports on there. Um, so we'll be using that throughout the season and hope to see our listeners joining us. Uh, that's our bets for the week. Let's get to who got that dog in because I got a I got a good one. dog in them as you can see from the graphic we have our halloween themed dog because it is october um and we have wade's dog walter over there on the other side uh who got that dog in them let's start drum roll with wade what who you got for this week all right this one's pretty vanilla i'm going with vanilla thunder himself christian mccaffrey uh four total touchdowns hey he's on my well he's on my fantasy team too (laughs) well he can share dog of the week honors because when you sure. score four touchdowns, I mean, it's pretty obvious you're the dog of the week. We don't see workhorse running backs anymore. I think Jim Harbaugh or not Jim Harbaugh. He's not his coach anymore. Um, uh, Kyle Shanahan is a dog of the year because he had everybody freaking out saying that he was going to split this uh, backfield. And I don't think anybody else has gotten a handoff on the 49ers. So um, yeah, McCaffrey's just, ultimately the best running back in the league and even helped his teammates out on a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So that's my guy. Jim Harp. When was Jim Harpaul, Christian McCaffrey's coach at Stanford? Yeah. He was coaching at Stanford or John Habra, John. Harbaugh. Yeah. Okay. I, I was, I was like, wait, hold on. I was a little confused there. Uh, I mean, I don't know all the And Jim Harbaugh was the history. coach of the 49ers. Hey, you know, that clip that is, that is true. The clip that is going around of the kids playing the mascots. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, Like where they get stiff-armed by the Colts mascot? Christian McCaffrey is one of those kids. Oh, really? This was taken like 25 years ago. Um, and it's McCaffrey jukes out a mascot. And the guy commentating goes, oh, it was like a, a look back. And he's like, he knew he was that guy. He knew he was him because he oh jukes out God. like the Jaguars mascot. And I'll send it <laughs> to y'all. Scout takes off running. That yeah. dude in a freaking costume who ate six hot dogs during halftime. Freaking. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, I didn't realize the little, little throwback. Christian McCaffrey's uh, in the in the video where they're playing the mascot. So Tyler, who's your pick for who got that dog in? Well, I'm gonna go with CMC. He carried my fantasy He's team. A double dog. I am not one in three. So CMC. He's a double dog. Double dog. The double dog yeah, there. 
guess we lost Jet. So Jacob, who's nope, your dog? I'm back. <laughs> okay, Jacob, who you got? <laughs> uh, my dog of the week. Let's go to the old. Let's go to the links in in links. in Italy in I- oh Italia. Um, uh, I, I'm gonna take Patty Ice. Pat Patrick Cantlay. Yes. Uh, for me is is the guy. Yeah, Mister. Yeah, I gotta take my hat off for this one. Uh, no, I I absolutely think that that guy carried like Team USA yep. through day three in the last part of. Yeah, I mean the last part of day two. I, I just think that that day and day three were huge, and that completely turned it around. And good for Joe Lacava. Like, I'm so tired. Like, we're probably gonna talk about it, but like, I, I just think that that guy's a legendary caddy, and he just added to his legacy with mm-hmm. that. Like, I I just think everybody in the United States should have some sort of hatred towards Roy McIlroy. Like, I. <sighs> I despise Roy McIlroy. I I really do. I, I just I can't stand him. It's yeah, just one so of those where it's like, it, well, so we we touched on it at the beginning a little bit, but uh, if you missed it, I know Wade, you were sleeping during this time. Uh, which this was that? Like, I saw one clip from morning, the weekend so. when Shane Lowry was yelling at the the uh, usher for yelling yes. at fans. Yeah, was- the usher told him told him to to be quiet. And he said, fans. "You're the loudest one." Here. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of F-bomb dropping there, but we'll keep it friendly for this show. Um, so, basically, to sum up what Jacob's saying is Patrick Cantlay hits that huge putt. Everybody's like, hats off. Woo, hats off to Cantlay. And uh, his his caddy, Joe LaCava, goes to the middle of the green, like kind of in front of Rory, takes his hat off. It wasn't in front of it on. I'm so over. It wasn't in front of it. He walked right, it in, he walked right in Rory. Sightline. Well, is Rory's sightline 20 feet away from his ball? Because, like, I, I don't understand. He takes this big, long, long way all the way around. Let me take this big, long way like I'm walking around a freaking mountain to get to my golf ball. And it just didn't make any sense. He walked out of his way to go to Joe LaCava and say something. Like, it, if everybody thinks that Joe LaCava walked in his way to say something – he didn't want any confrontation with Rory McIlroy at that point. And Shane Lowry can go sit on his ass and eat another freaking Big Mac because it's <laughs> I'm so over him and his freaking antics. And it's like, oh, he's holding back Rory that night when he's all pissed at Joe LaCava. Oh, let me hold him back real quick and let me be the let me be the peacemaker here after I go and cuss out everybody on this on 18 green. Like, I just don't understand. Like, there's such a double standard with Team Europe, and it's it's so oh, I'm bad with you. to just I'm with sit you. there and watch it because I, I, I physically well he physically disconnected from the Wi-Fi. The internet couldn't uh, hold that rant. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I keep having uh, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> the team Europe is hacking your Wi-Fi. Uh but basically I guess so. yeah they're yelling at each other Rory and Joe LaCava. Shane Lowry's in the middle of it like whoa calm down guys he's yelling at Joe LaCava. Did nothing wrong, but I loved it because it fired up Team USA going into Sunday. And then they go into the parking lot, and Rory runs into uh, Joe LaCava, and they start yelling and fighting again, and Rory's wife has to pull him into the car, oh, basically, wow. and say, get the car, we're going home. And then the report comes out Sunday morning that they talked, everybody's happy. So the announcer, after Rory wins his match, goes, so Rory, uh, I understand you and Joe are now good. He goes, no, I haven't talked to Joe. <laughs> I haven't talked to Joe. Next question. It goes on, and I was like, oh, so we got a little bit of spice going on. But, yeah, um, 
Patrick Cantlay, Joe Okava. I like that pick, Jacob. Mine is Max Homa, like I mentioned earlier. Balls of stone. I mean, the man just hits the most clutch. He has to take it on playable, hits a flop shot, holds the putt to continue the Ryder Cup. He played great all week. Um, it'd be nice if he played great in majors when we actually bet on him. But uh, Max Homa with, with, the, uh, with my pick for Dog of the Week. We got some in the comments. Matt Jones, out of respect, he's not picking an Ole Miss player. Thank you. The whole but team. he's going with Tim, Timmy McLean. An incredible fourth down conversion to keep UCF alive against Baylor. Unfortunately, fell short of the win. Um, and then Ryan, Mr. Chu in the in the comments who watched the game with Wade this weekend. Ryan Blaney coming in clutch with another photo finish and clutching a spot in the next round. So we got some NASCAR talk going on in the comments. So let us know your pick for Dog of the Week. Um, and let's get uh, – we've already been doing this show for a little while. Let's finally get some college football talk. As you can see, Caleb Williams Caleb, Caleb Williams held off Colorado's upset bid. Uh, he's got his sword with him in the logo. Um, if you're watching over on YouTube, uh, it was like 36-7 to 7 at halftime, and then Colorado came out of nowhere in the fourth quarter to make it close. Uh, but USC was able to hold them off, so they, they continued their undefeated record. I mentioned this. Georgia barely survives against Auburn. Um, that was, I mean, not a great look for the number one team, or as I should say, the Brock Bowers team, because if he was not on that team, there would be no Georgia Bulldogs sitting in the number one position. So, Tyler, do you think we had a comment saying Missouri's going to win the East? Do you think that's an option? Is Georgia faltering that much? Uh, it could definitely happen, especially if uh, Kentucky pulls off the upset. If Missouri just keeps on winning, they got to be uh, take care of business uh, this weekend against the LSU team. Uh, that's in much need uh, of a win. Uh, but yeah, I think that you know the way that Georgia's been looking. We talked about it on yesterday's SEC talk that Georgia. If you look at it, you know in the the South Carolina game, they were down fourteen to three at the half and seven to seven tied uh, in the second quarter against UAB, and then you shift over to. Saturday's game against Auburn is 10 to nothing. I mean, if they just like keep starting off, it's going to come back to bite them. I mean, against an offense that has, they haven't really faced an offense that hasn't really been good, honestly. So I think they're really going to get their first test uh, in Athens. Uh, like Jacob mentioned, they don't really have a true road test until October when they head over to Neyland Stadium. I think that Tennessee is going to be pissed off when they come on. And because if you're flashback to last year's game, Tennessee, this was the first week that they were ranked number one and Georgia kicked the absolute crap out of them. So I think yeah, the way yeah. that offense has been playing, you know, that Florida game woke them up. I think that Florida, the way that they've been playing, they're out the mix. Vandy, we know what they are. So, yeah, I think that the SEC East, I don't think it's as easy uh, as, you know, Georgia winning the SEC East. I think that Missouri, Kentucky, and Tennessee still have something to say. I like it. I like it. And sticking with the SEC, Tyler, the floor is yours. Oh, God. Well, I, I give you your time for your rant on LSU. I know you got the majority of it. it out. But it's you, a rant gotta, preview. <laughs> okay. Rant preview for uh, Bayou yeah, Bengal, Bengal Bites. What what has to change for LSU to get to, to do something? I mean, that obviously the college football playoffs out of the picture. Yeah. Save the season. No, what, I, I think it's just downright – I think it's just downright sad that this LSU team, they have one of the best offenses in the country. If you look, Jane Daniels is right up there with some of the best quarterbacks. You know, Michael Penix, he's number one. Jane Daniels is number two. People of LSU, you know, was 
was one loss or undefeated team, he would right be there right in the Heisman discussion. Uh, but I don't think he is. You know, outside of Lamar Jackson winning it in 2016 when they were nine and three, it's probably not going to happen because LSU is probably going to have four or five losses by the time that this season is ending. Uh, the way that the schedule is setting up, you know, you have Missouri on the road, you have an Auburn team uh, that's getting better and better with few freeze, and then you have at Alabama, and it gets harder than that. Uh, so. I just think that the way that this defense is playing uh, is so much reminiscent of the 2020 team when Bo Pelini was the defensive coordinator. Uh, so yeah, I think it's worse worse as, What are y'all laughing about? Is the, a comment? Uh, the just the comment. Just blow the comment. Got in from, <laughs> comment we got in from Tyler. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got you off. NASCAR is getting clutch. spicy today. All right, yeah. <laughs> Find the clutch. All right, yeah, so your LSU, I mean, you mentioned Bo Pelini. Uh, I would take Bo Pelini over Matt House right now, if I'm being honest, because at least their defense stopped a couple of people at, at some yeah. point. Um, you're the only Matt thing House stopping for- people in that season was COVID. LSU's defense like wasn't it. stopping anything. It was They're not stopping COVID. a soul this season. People were dropping sick in the middle of a game, and that was stopping them. Yeah, well, you're hey, paying here's Matt a House. Here's a thought. What what is it? Let's hear it, Jeff. Inject COVID in all to Here, the Missouri. Here's, place. A, here's a thought. Why doesn't like LSU that. actually slow down the offense a little bit so their defense can get to their breath on the sideline? Because they're exhausted uh, and that's why they can't uh, like, they should have their cardio up race. at this point. They they can't like, like yeah, at least they lost twenty pounds like per that's down. True. So, that's true. Like I no, that's I just like I d I don't they need to slow the offense down a little bit and like let the defense let the defense have a break for for half a second. I'm I'm not. I wasn't done. <laughs> so I'm, I'm oh yeah, we we, we cut Tyler off. Sorry, Tyler. Yeah. Continue. I'm just gonna say the same thing I said on Bayou Bingo Bites. I think that Brian Kelly is throwing his players under the bus too much. I think that all these excuses about oh we're inexperienced. If you look, I mean, you got transfer portal yes, guys man. who've had experience, but. If you look, you got guys from Marshall, Syracuse, and Southeastern. This is not the FCS. This is not the ACC. This is the SEC. You're getting got. I think that you are getting passed up. You know, just look at Florida State's team. You know, Keon Coleman, he was, you know, supposed to be this big get that LSU is going to get. But guess who got him? Florida State because they have boosters who are throwing the bag at you. LSU doesn't have that priority of just – throwing money at NIL players and people in the transfer portal. So I just think that they're just too much of throwing players on the bus. And I think the biggest mistake that Brian Kelly did was letting Corey Raymond walk. That was the big mistake ever. Corey Raymond built DBU up and built, you know, the Tyre Matthews of the world, the Trey Whites of the world. That's over. You're not going to get that many players because you got to stay right here in the state of Louisiana. There is a lot of talent. Nope, we just want to go on a plane and go to Utah to go find a defensive lineman who can't do anything. Mason Smith, he's pretty much non-existent. So if you want more of my talk, head on over to Buy Your Big Bucks. That's all I'm yep, going to say. Hit that subscribe button and find us over there. I mean, Futch tried to warn us with Brian Kelly, and I, now I'm seeing that it's true. The man's got maybe second to Texas, and honestly it goes back and forth. The best recruiting in the country between Texas and Louisiana, you got the top players in the entire country, in my opinion, in those two states. And you'll let them go elsewhere, and you're going to find transfer player portals or transfer portal players 
you're going to find somebody from Utah who I, I don't even remember who it was. Who was it, Tyler? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's not on the field. I would just set a state. Uh, it's it's I blew up I, Saturday. It was a it was a mess. But you got to realize these college kids they can't they can't control your happiness. But I want to hear from Wade. He was boots on the ground. What was the experience like in Oxford? Uh, minus the losing the game, but just as a general sports fan, how was that? Yeah, I think uh, drawing inspiration from Chris's story last week, I'll keep it about the experience. It was a great time with uh, Matt and Mallory and Liz, our uh, college buddies um, up in Oxford. We got a, got to do a little tailgating. We got a little VIP experience because of um, Matthew and Mallory's uh, family uh, hey, having – Mr. Tony, a former um, Ole Miss player, rather. And actually, I got a little pregame interview and score prediction with Tony that I'll be putting together um, for our TikTok. And, yeah, I think that um, it was a great time. The Grove was all it's hyped up to be. I like the concept of tailgating without tailgates, I guess, if that's a thing, <laughs> where people bring all their you know stuff into one central area and it's not a parking lot and it's not the back of – somebody's car um i thought that was pretty cool and stadium wise at first i was like hey this place is kind of tiny but gosh in that fourth quarter i think it was just as loud as anywhere um you know i think going back to 2019 tiger stadium maybe not that loud but it was louder and i've heard tiger stadium the last two years so granted i wasn't there for the alabama game but uh it was very loud and the Ole Miss fans we're letting the refs hear it. They were throwing stuff on the field. There was a lot of electricity into it. I think I finally have bought into the um, LED lights. I don't know if you guys yeah, like those, but the program. those are pretty cool. And you know what? Like 20 year olds like it. Upgrades. Students like it. I think it's time to get Tiger Stadium going purple and gold in the fourth quarter because I think that that, I don't, yeah, maybe it didn't really do anything, but I thought it kind of provided a spark to the stadium. Um, as Ole Miss kind of took the lead back there. I mean, it, it's a it's a full-on recruiting pitch. Like, what recruit do you have at the game that wouldn't want to be in that type of atmosphere? Fourth quarter, lights go out, you got red, you got music playing. Like, uh, for example, at LSU two weeks ago against Arkansas, they had Boozy playing, and the players were rapping on the sidelines. Well, all the older fans were pissed. They were like, oh, we don't want to hear that. Hood rap out here at Tiger Stadium. You got to play the band, blah, blah, blah. Man, shut up. We're in Oxford, Mississippi. I mean, like, come on. You had no idea you were there. I mean, it's like, oh, you got to stop. LSU's got to stop going. We're on like a whole nother rant now. But they got to stop catering to the older fans. Ain't no one give a crap about them. Like I said, they're going to die in 30 Okay, well, by the third quarter, the sidelines are emptied out. So, I mean. You can't ask for more NIL money in this section for fans who are actually going to be loud and stay and not leave at the second half when it's like a 30-point game just because you want to beat the stinking traffic. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, chill out. No, actually, I didn't. You, I, should have I freaking should have left, and I didn't. And I got pissed off at somebody in the parking lot. We almost had a full-out brawl in the parking lot at 12. I get it for playing like so, an FCS yeah, no. school and you want to leave. But if it's an SEC team where it's like a three-point game, your butt better be in the stands for four quarters. Yeah, that's an issue, Dog. too. Okay, uh, all right. Well, what's the prize? This is the problem with LSU. We are so soft as a fan base sometimes. Yeah, we're, we're yes, going on a whole yes. – right. LSU – LSU is soft. 
Thank you. We finally got the root of the issue. LSU is freaking soft. soft. LSU is soft. Okay. They hired a soft head coach. Their boosters are soft. Their freaking program is soft. They're all freaking soft. Why don't they just lay everybody down on a pillow on a blanket after every freaking play when they blow the whistle? They might as well just play freaking Frank Sinatra for just practice. Just put it in the freaking practice facility and say, well, guys, let's just get out here and freaking do the do do for practice. Like, I don't understand. It's hey, so tackling. Like, I, I don't understand it. They're I need a partner and do some tackling drills. What? Like, do they need to wear something like on their chest that needs a hug? Need a hug or like, like, a, like what? What is build that? a bear? Like, I'm, I'm so confused. Build a bear. Or we need to build a defense. Like the biggest Wait, hit I've seen you... all year was that freaking Ole Miss player absolutely freaking decking Daniels. Yeah. I just I don't understand that. All right, I think you were saying something. What you got? I think uh, going back to the whole Brian Kelly not being or being too hard on the players. I mean. I'd say let him hear it more. If you want to get paid and you want this to be professional, if I mess up at work, I'm going to get yelled at. So you know what? There is no protection. This is the NFL now. And in the NFL, you see players get ridiculed in press conferences. Was the Zach Wilson stuff too far? Yeah. But you don't see that in college football. You don't see Herb Street sit there on game day and say, well, geez, uh, Drake May down there in the corner is really playing bad. Like, no, they protect the players. But you know what? Not anymore. This is a professional thing. I say come at players, and if you're not getting the job done, get out. No, and I agree with you. You just got to hold them more accountable. I want to see the old Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly at Notre Dame was a little fiery. I want to see some, like, Nick Saban-esque behavior. I want the face fully red. I want him screaming at players. Because that's all. That's what you got to get at LSU to wake them up, okay? They're sleepwalking through the games, and they look awful. So, Go subscribe and watch Bayou Bengal Bites. Tyler and I went into full detail. I won't take up too much time ranting about LSU. And now we're, now we're talking about the stadium and how the stadium sucks and they need, they need more atmosphere. I mean, I don't but, think the stadium sucks. I just think that pound no, no, for no, pound, it was a very cool experience at, at this stadium. And, and they did some things right for only having 68,000 seats. You know, yeah. it, it was a really good environment. Tell know? me the last time that the upper decks were full. Tell me. Uh, last year against Alabama. Yeah, it's yeah. the only I mean, re- that's the only game that it's remotely close to everybody staying. You got you got to get a better atmosphere, in my opinion. You got to get with the times, okay? The yeah, people got the LED Everyone lights. Wants to stay home and watch it on TV nowadays. That's just how yeah, it is. And I understand. Technology's I taking understand over. the tradition aspect, right? I mean, you can play into that, but putting up LED lights and making it dark. And flashing lights and and freaking fireworks when they score a touchdown, it's not killing tradition. And if you don't like it, watch it at home. All right, it ain't that hard. We don't want you there anyway. Uh, Jacob, tell us about your Nittany fellas, Lions. Fellas. They're undefeated. Okay, well, you if you fellas want to see an atmosphere, then come to State College. Like I, I, I don't know. It, um, <laughs> they put a hundred thousand in the seats, no problem. Yeah. Those those people, 109,000 every Saturday. That place is filled whether we're playing Delaware or Ohio State. So, That's true. Um, yeah, I um, no, they're playing good football right now. Um, 
you know, first half against Northwestern mm. this last mm. week was mm. kind of a fluke. I mean, yeah. okay, Northwestern scored a touchdown because they returned the opening kickoff of the game. Congratulations. Do you want a cookie? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Wait, like, they just did it for the Big Ten headquarters that's right across the street that they decided to suck off every week. Um, I, I, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with how they, with how they turned around. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely I'm gonna have to mark this. Turned around this <laughs> yeah, this was not not safe for kids. <laughs> uh, All right, they well, turned they around the around. second half and scored twenty one. They scored sorry thirty one. They scored thirty one in the second half after being tied ten to ten. So I think they're running the ball good. Um, Drew Aller just has to get more comfortable throwing the ball deep. I mean, he has I think the strongest arm in college football, and it's crazy to see how quick he can get the ball out um i don't think he's a he's not a running quarterback he's never going to be able to run um but that's what they need they need a pocket passer i i still i just think they play too conservative sometimes like they play too conservative in the first half like if they want to be a good football team and beat ohio state you can't in, in michigan you can't get behind the sticks early in the first half like if you're going to be behind in the first half you're just going to be playing catch up the whole game Oh, we lost by three. Yeah, but you were down by freaking 17 at half. So I, I think that they just need to, like, literally lock in and just play four quarters of football. They only play two, and it's, like, the most disappointing thing of all time. But they're still undefeated. Well, I, I, like, what do they it, take on Ohio State? It's going to be interesting. That's what, in a couple what? weeks. But, like, okay. Michigan's you, later on the season. Late this week. So this week is uh, Maryland week. So, or not that's Maryland? That's Ohio State. No, that's Ohio State this week. Come I... on, I call myself a Penn State fan. I, who, know who I don't even know. I think we have a bye. We might have a bye week this week. Okay. Well, no, well, I don't think so because our bye week is between UMass. We play freaking UMass this season, guys, and um, it's UMass and yeah, we do have a bye week this week. Oh, there yeah. you go. Well, I have a question. We have to. Uh, Tyler had to had to drop off. Uh, Tyler, we appreciate you being on. Uh, I got. I've been watching Texas, right? And I was a little concerned. First Kansas, I was like, "Oh, Kansas has got to give them a run for their money uh, with backup quarterback," but then they end up blowing them out of the water. I think Texas is the best team in college football right now. I think they should oh. never take Georgia at number one. Oh, clearly uh-huh. Jacob doesn't agree with me. Which which thoughts? I can't. I just can't. I, uh, I don't know. I don't think Georgia's good enough to be number one right now, but I can't justify Texas being number one right now. Um, okay, yeah, they beat they beat Alabama, but I I don't know. Like, I can't say anything until this week, like, until this next week when they play uh, Oklahoma. Like, that's going to be the biggest test so far, I think. I think they're a better team right now than Alabama was when they played Texas. Um, I think like Oklahoma is not afraid to score the football, so like it's just they'll put points on the board. And well, all I right. hope no team is afraid to score the football. If you get what I'm saying, that's a, that's an inter- that's an interesting just, point. Yeah, so I I think that Texas is close. I just don't think that they're gonna be a college football playoff team. So who do you think they lose to? I mean, if they look win the big. Big twelve, I think they're they're a lock. Who do you think they lose to? I just don't like. 
I don't know. Like it's just one of those things where if Georgia wins out, Georgia's gonna be number one. I just yeah. There's there's even if even if Texas wins out, if they both went out, they're still not number one. Now, whoever's going to win the Big Ten is either going to be an undefeated team or a one-loss team. Um, if it's an undefeated team, then they're going to be number two. Uh, number three, if Florida State decides to turn it up and, and win out the entire season, then they would be number three. And number four is up in the air. Do you take a Texas team or who's a one potentially a one-loss team, or do you take an Ohio State or – a Penn state or Michigan. Like, I, I don't know if the past plays what. too much into the college football playoff. Let's be real. The past plays no, way I too much you. into it. Like past seasons, they don't take it for face value. And, and that's just, that's what it is. Like, I'd I love to include Texas in the college football playoff. I'm, I have nothing against Texas not in being in the college football playoff. Like, I just think that they won't like the committee doesn't take, each season for face value. And it's just kind of all over the place with how they decide that let's look back two years ago and see what, like they're, they're too focused on the past. I'm looking at Texas schedule right now. The only loss potential loss I'm seeing is Oklahoma. To be honest with you, they got a pretty easy schedule the rest of the way. Well, then it um, comes Wade. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. Sorry. We lose him again, but you know, then it comes to, no, no, but then it comes down to strength of schedule, too. Like, yeah, because if Alabama is outside of the top fifteen, potentially in the twenties by the end of the season, if they lose yeah, to unranked A and M, they'll be in the twenties. Yeah. So then it doesn't look very good at the end of the season. And then where's where's the strength of schedule at? No, that I mean that's a that's a valid point to be made. Wade, what do you think about the Longhorns? Are you horns up or horns down? I mean, right now, I think they're definitely in my college football playoff, and I see them getting there by the end of the season as long as they get past this weekend against Oklahoma. Um, I'd put Florida State at number one right now based off merit. I think they have the two top 25 wins. Yes, LSU is still in the top 25, and I think that was a very impressive win. I guess Clemson did fall at the top 25, but I think you can't. Hold that over their head. Um, I think those are two quality wins. Texas probably has the best singular win right now over Alabama, but I don't think any of us are that high on Alabama. I think Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State all kind of fall in that same category where, like Jacob said, we're valuing them because of we know they're good programs. We know they're not going to embarrass us if we come onto this show and say, hey, I think Georgia's going to win the national championship. Hey, I think Ohio State or Michigan's going to win the national championship. I mean, those are very reasonable picks, but they haven't done anything this year to prove it to us. So, um, and and they'll definitely get their chance, right? Not, none of those teams are going to get to the playoff without multiple top 25 victories. It just doesn't come yet. So uh, for Texas, for Georgia, they both have a chance this weekend to assert themselves. They're playing, um, you know, a, a ranked game. And I think each one could make a big statement and maybe pole vault uh one another to the top spot i like the florida state i didn't even think about florida state i mean they've been they've been they've been pretty solid they had a little slip up there against clemson and, and but almost boston college uh but yeah i mean that's another team that you got to look at at the end of the season if they're undefeated and texas is undefeated i mean there's your answer they both make it uh let's get to some quick picks and upset picks here we go
together with the new graphic with the college upset alert picks. Um, my upset pick this week, I'm going with Big Blue Kentucky taking down the number one team in the nation, Georgia. I mentioned it on my uh, on my my bets for the week, and so I'm going to go with Kentucky taking down Georgia. Tyler, you're back. Who you got for your upset pick? Yeah, I'm going to go to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 uh, has been treating me right this season, uh, picking an upset. I think uh, Wazoo goes down, uh, heading on over uh, to Pasadena in the Rose Bowl. I think that UCLA's offense, I think this is going to be a high-scoring shootout. Uh, so give me the Bruins uh, at home to pull off the upset against Wazoo. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's much of an upset, like probably, though, because it's not an upset, though, because – UCLA's what do you mean? The UCLA's favorite. favorite. You're the favorite their 13. by three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. They may be the betting favorite, but by the rankings, it is an upset. So, Jacob, haven't you on, see you? You've been away too much to forget what the rules, rules are of an upset pick. We have, we have structure here, Jacob. This is not like the college. All right, I'm not going to violate the rules here. I'm not going to violate the rules. I'm taking the Terrapins to win outright over the oh, Buckeyes whoa, on whoa. the road. So big a big upset. Thing. The Ohio that State would change. Is 19 and a half at home. And Maryland knows how to score the football. So they're finally going to play a team that knows how to score the football. That's so true. they are score five the and oh, and it's going to be interesting. Score the football. That's the new saying. Wade, who's yep. going to score the football this week and All take right. down the upset? I'll piggyback off of Jacob's um bet. Uh, earlier since he piggybacked off my bet and I think that AM upsets Alabama as a home team that is lower ranked or not ranked to uh, number 11 Alabama okay I like it I like it so those are upset picks um if they're all right the the college football landscape will change big time yeah uh so let's do some real quick picks here we've been on the show for a minute uh Oklahoma Texas Tyler who you got Gonna go with Hookham. I think it's not even gonna be close. I think that Texas makes a statement. All right, Fletch, horns up, horns down. I'm gonna take the horns. I think that they win in a narrow victory. Wait, are you going with the Red River or what you doing? I'm going uh Texas. All right. We are all Texas on this show because I'm picking Welcome. them too. Uh we had the Maryland Ohio State upset. Let's uh let's do Alabama AM. Butch, what you got? I'm taking the Aggies at home. Uh, I think they okay. they got it. All right, going with the upset. Wade's going with the upset too. Tyler, gotta take uh, to A and M. Tyler, you going Aggies? Or what are you going with? Tyler? No, I'm not. I'm going with Alabama. I think that they are. I think that a lot of people. This is the same thing with the Ole Miss and Alabama game and what happened. Alabama's defense stepped up. I think this is going to be more of a defensive battle. This will be close. Uh, don't know what the spread is right now. It's got to be like Alabama, like two and a half, four and a half, something like that. Uh, but I do two think half, uh, that this Alabama half. team uh, is starting to play better. Uh, Jalen Milrow is getting better as the weeks go on. And you're seeing that Nick Saban fire. So I think that roll tie gets the victory. I'm going AM. I like the upset here. I like this. Y'all have fun picking uh, AM. <laughs> Notre Dame, Louisville. We got undefeated Louisville hosting Notre Dame, the fight Irish. Butch, quick pick. Who is it? So Louisville gives a little different look on offense. I think they can give Notre Dame some trouble offensively. 
Defensively, I think they give up too many points, so I'll take the Irish to win. Okay, Wade, which you going with Sam Hartman and his rib necklace or going with the Cardinals? You know what? Notre Dame got away with one this past weekend. It doesn't happen again. I'm going Louisville. Okay. We got a split. Tyler, what you think? I tell you what, I was so heartbroken. I think that Duke should have won that game. They just had to make one stop, and they let Sam Hartman run wild. It was just so heartbreaking, and add that on to Ryan Leonard. Hopefully he's okay, uh, but I'm going to go with Notre Dame. I just think that they're the better football team in this one. Louisville always does this. They go 5-0, and and then a team destroys them. I just think that Notre Dame is just a better defensive team. I think that uh, Louisville's offense will keep them in the game uh, until the fourth quarter, but I think that the Irish uh, get back-to-back road wins over an ACC opponent. I agree with you. I think uh, this is Louisville goes 5-1 and one after this. This is the week they get blown yeah. out. Uh, I was going to ask Arizona-USC. I don't even think that's a question. Um, we we don't have many. I mean, of course we got LSU, Missouri, but we're not gonna we're not gonna put everybody through that again. Uh, not a whole Virginia Tech, Florida State. That's a snoozer. Not a whole lot of ranked matchups this week. Um, Arkansas, Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss is favored by eleven. Wait, did you see enough from the Rebels? Uh, to pick them by eleven points against Arkansas. They'll win, but I don't like it by 11. Their defense isn't good enough for me to trust them in a double-digit spread. All right, Tyler, what you think? Yeah, I think that uh, Arkansas can definitely cover that 11. This is a team that really, really needs a win because this is a gauntlet schedule uh, that they're going through, back-to-back losses to LSU uh, and also to Texas A&M. Ole Miss, uh, there's going to be a, a lot of hype, but there's always a letdown spot. This game is always crazy with all of the momentum. I think it's close, but in the end, I'll go with the home team with Ole Miss. Their offense has been rolling. Jacob, what you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rebels, too. I, I think Ole Miss is uh, right now, I think, pound for pound, one of the best teams in the SEC right now offensively. Um, defensively, I think they need holes. They have holes. They, they need to fill those holes. I, I just think that it's um, Arkansas. I mean, if Arkansas can keep up in Death Valley, then I think that they can keep up on the road at yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, offensively, I, I don't know. It, it'll be really close. I think that I agree with you guys. I think that Arkansas can cover 11 on the road. Woo pick suey, baby. Give me Arkansas to take the win. All right. That seems so like that a fight week. pick. <laughs> yes, it is. I'm never, never picking Ole Miss for anything. You were right. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> that wraps up our college football talk. Wait, I think you have a NASCAR Neil update. We'll give it to you real quick before we uh, throw the show. Start your uh, we gave NASCAR Neil a little uh, graphic. <laughs> yeah, I love it, Tyler. That was a beautiful intro there that you made. So, Wade, take us away. Start your engines, baby. Yeah, we had uh, some commentary in the chat about Ryan Blaney and his effort at Talladega. The photo finish win, as Matt uh, called it, it was a victory by 0.007 seconds. So that's 10 to the negative third times seven. For all you engineers out there. <laughs> Making sure I don't miss a place value there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got double NASCAR input because, of course, I talk to NASCAR Neil every week and I hear the segment here as we prepare it. And then I was in the car with Matt for a long time, too. So I got his um, take on NASCAR and um, we talked a little bit about this race. It was at Talladega 
and both Neil and Matt brought up the fact that um, there is a lot more team action at Talladega because of the wider track. There's going to be room for more of moves. You're not going to see guys racing single file, which uh, I think is more exciting to see guys go for big passes, mm-hmm. try to cut some corners and, you know, uh, cause some chaos. As, and that, that's what happened um, as two big name guys, Denny Hamlin, he had a speeding penalty and uh, Harvick, he was actually disqualified for a... Um, Wait, did you say speeding penalty? Yeah, apparently you can, can go too fast. Too fast. What? I think it's coming this out of a caution. In the pits. It's coming <laughs> yes. out of the pits. Okay. Yeah, you're not allowed to go when the flags are not full green. So okay, um, there are speeding restrictions. So a speeding restriction for Hamlin and then Harvick, the other H driver, he got disqualified. Um, I believe it was, as Neil said, something with his windshield. Uh, So um, I feel like I'm explaining fantasy football uh like as a girl or something here <laughs> i don't know what i'm talking about um anyway we gotta have we gotta have the the uh the the record we're we're pushing nascar neil to record this segment and send it to us so push them audience tell them to record it but also it. matt said this is so funny because it's funny hearing us butcher our way through it but i tried to take what neil sent me and i tried to you know put it into my own terms because i do want to understand it um but geez yeah i got a lot torn uh anyways hamlin did recover from his speeding penalty to finish fourth um and then brad keselowski that is uh matt and neil's favorite driver or one of their favorite drivers he got in a wreck he got a little too aggressive um he was pushing another driver ho shaver and they got um tangled up and got in a wreck so that knocked out brad k uh, Ryan Blaney ultimately was the champ, like we talked about, 0.007 seconds, a photo finish, enough for a dog of the week performance. Um, so, yeah. Well, Wade, I think you did great explaining the NASCAR to us. I'm really interested about the speeding penalty. I didn't know that was. The yeah, thing. we got to watch the footage. Or you could just load just... up NASCAR Heat on the Xbox and learn from there. <laughs> there you go. Now we're talking, Tyler. So, that uh, wraps up the sports scramble. It was a long one, so we appreciate everybody watching with us. Hit that subscribe button, like. We'll be back every week. We'll be back next week. Well, I don't know if Jacob will be here. The, the it's, it's the same as how he will to get to a tootsie roll or whatever that that thing is. Um, <laughs> how, how many licks does does it take to get to the middle of a tootsie pop is the same question as asking will jacob be on the show or not there we go there we go guys it took another 10 seconds for the show just so the check and get it out (laughs) yeah so everybody we appreciate you joining i hope god blesses all of you especially my three co-hosts and you all have a wonderful week